welcome to the Enneagram One Project Podcast with your host, Dominic Vandal, where ones come to learn mindset tools and embodiment techniques to reduce frustrations, quiet their inner critic, and live a most expansive life. If you're ready to make your unique oneness your superpower, then this is the show for you. Welcome, everyone. You are listening to the Enneagram One Project Podcast, Episode 7, Why You Don't Allow Your Feelings. Last week, we talked about urges, which is a feeling, and it got me thinking that a crash course on feelings would be gold right now. And what would be even better would be to talk about the one thing that is in your way of allowing your feelings. We're talking about feelings today because until we understand them, what they are and where they come from, they can have such a strong hold over our lives. This is definitely one of those things where knowledge is power, or as I prefer to say it, knowledge is empowering. Once you know, then you can figure out what's in the way of you allowing them. At the end of this episode today, you will have a much better idea of how you want to approach whatever feeling you are experiencing and know what you want to do as your next step. So let's start at the beginning. What are feelings? There are two perspectives I lean on when I think of feelings. The first is feelings from the perspective of the body. Feelings are felt in the body. And that's why I like to start the exploration here. When you think of the last time you felt joy, how did you know you were feeling joy? There was a felt sensation inside of your body. Maybe it was butterfly-like or a warm glow or mm, general expansion of your heart space. There's no right or wrong way to experience joy. These are only examples. So there's a collection of felt senses that you can perceive taking place inside of your body that you categorize as being the feeling of joy. You have a collection of felt senses that you categorize as delight, as frustration, as excitement, and so on. When we say, I feel joy, we're really saying, I am noticing all of those internal senses that I equate as the expression of joy in my body. Some people call these vibrations. I personally like the idea of felt sense because sometimes it's an internal sensation, like those butterflies, and sometimes it's a mix of external and internal sensations, like sweaty palms when you're nervous, for instance. That said, it is something you feel and experience individually. It's not possible to put the love you feel inside your body on someone else or in someone else. What you categorize as the felt sense of love may not be what your loved one experiences as the felt senses of love. You're the only one who feels it and the way you feel it is individual to you. I also lean on the mechanics of the brain and mindset to understand where feelings come from. One of the ways feelings can be created is by the mind. That happens when you make a situation or event mean something, and then the brain sends signals via the nervous system in your body 
that you then interpret as the feeling of this or that, joy, sadness, etc. To note here is that these thoughts or meanings that are attributed to the events or stimuli may or may not be conscious. And again, remember that feelings are private felt by the person experiencing them only. I'm sure you've been in a situation where you are many people experiencing the exact same moment event situation and everyone has a different interpretation and a different feeling. So for example, I might taste the meal I just made and I notice that it is oversalted for my personal preference. So the stimulus is the ratio of salt in the meal. I could make it mean so many different things from this. For example, I can make it mean that I still can't make a decent meal. And if you know me, I'm not a cook, so that actually may be something I think, which would create the feeling of disappointed. Or I could make it mean that the ratio of salt that's on there just simply means that the recipe I followed is horrible, which would create a feeling of annoyed. Can you see that the thought or the interpretation sends signals that create the felt sense that I categorize as disappointment or annoyance in this case? Another important note is that feeling is from the brain, right, from these thoughts, and then felt in the body, unlike sensations that would happen in or on the body first, and then the signal would be sent up to the brain. An example of this would be touching something that's hot or cold, the body will send the hot or cold signal up to the brain. So why do feelings matter so much anyway? The brain could create the feeling and then we could just let it be. But what actually happens is that the feelings drive everything we do or don't do. They are created by the interpretation of the mind to the stimuli. And then these feelings are what fuels us to do or not do the things we do. And it does so on two levels that we'll talk about now. The basic cognitive model, meaning what goes on in your brain, shows us that when you feel, say, pressure created by a thought, remember? So maybe the thought is, I need to get this done now, which creates pressure you will then approach that thing that you're thinking about from this fuel. This is highly individual, but let's consider what that could mean for an Enneagram type one. Say you find out that the daycare you want to send your child to expects your child to be fully potty trained before you can get a spot for them and that your toddler currently is not yet potty trained. You might make this information mean that you have to get this done in the next few days. Can you see how that would create that feeling of pressure? Well, from this pressure, I want you to think about how you would likely approach helping your child to learn to use the toilet. My guess is that you would be more forceful with your child from pressure, remember, that you'd employ methods that aren't fully in line with your parenting style, maybe. That you wouldn't follow your child's lead so much as push your agenda on them. And listen, none of those are bad. It's just for you to consider. Because on the flip side, if you made that initial bit of information mean, oh, great, we've got plenty of time. That thought would actually create ease. And from ease 
you'd be much more likely to follow your child's lead, stick to your parenting philosophy, etc. Pressure is fueling what you do and what you don't do. The feeling is the driver. In this case, pressure. The other side of this example is just as important. As the parent, you feel pressured, which makes you act a certain way. And that pressure, it's also the reason why you want to get to that new outcome of a potty trained child because of how you think you'll feel once that's done. So yes, there's a part of you that's doing it for the child's sake. But there's a big part of you that's taking all of this action to get the kid potty trained because you think you'll feel relieved once that's done. So feelings are the fuel and the reason we do what we do or don't do. That's the first level. The second level that's crucial to understand is the reason why we don't allow our feelings. The reason is we have stories about feelings and those influence how you deal with or express that feeling. If you think of feelings right now, there are some that you have great stories about and some you have not so great stories about. I'll share some examples here, but again, this will differ for each person, even each Enneagram type one. Once your brain notices or assesses the internal felt senses of a particular feeling, it also brings up the baggage and story you have about that feeling. Let's think of a few feelings we have a hard time expressing or, you know, simply allow in the body. For me, that's probably anger, resentment, and pride. The reason why these feelings are more difficult to allow is because of the story I hold in my mind and in my body about the feeling itself. The difference between an easy-to-feel emotion and a more challenging one is what we believe about that emotion and any judgment we have of it. This, of course, means that what is easy for one person may not be for someone else, and that's okay. Say you feel embarrassed. Each of us has a different relationship and story with the feeling of embarrassed. Take a second here and think about what you make it mean when you notice the emotion of embarrassed being expressed and experienced in your body. For me, there's a tightening that happens in my chest, a recoiling of sorts, and usually a quickening of my heartbeat. There may even be some sweaty palms, right? But that's not all that's happening. The mental body is also engaged. I can take a pretty good guess that for some, they may make it mean, it being the embarrassment that they're feeling, oh yeah, it's no big deal. It's just an emotion. And yet for others, they could make it mean, this is unbearable. I can't do this. Or this makes me weak. The person with a story that they can't do it, that it's unbearable, or that people should not feel this emotion, and so on, is less likely to be able to process the emotion, that feeling, no matter how much they want to and keep trying to. I've said it before, and I will say it again, there's nothing to fear with our feelings, and the body knows how to allow them, process them. It's the brain that gets in the way. This here, that story, is how the brain gets in the way. That's why, especially as type 1s, 
We want to get out of the headspace and let the body do its thing when we're overtaken by an emotion. Overtaken is really just another way of saying looping, cycling, and spinning. Little parentheses here. Most of us really don't mind if we act out, quote unquote, positive emotions or feelings that are acceptable in society. It's those other feelings. The thing is, you experience those other emotions too, no matter how hard you may try not to. If you don't know how to allow an emotion, I mean, really allow it without acting from it, resisting it, and avoiding it, it's absolutely normal because most of us are not taught how to do this. So have some compassion for yourself. I do want to make a small note disclaimer here that when we use the body, we can do so only when we feel safe to do it. And when you have experienced trauma, are experiencing trauma, or have trauma that is unprocessed and still very much alive in your body, it may not feel safe for you to do these exercises, to use your body as your safety. And if that's the case, I invite you to seek help that is trauma-informed and not do this work on your own. Now, I'd like to offer you some prompts so that you can have the information you need to move towards allowing emotions if that's what you want to do. Number one, identify what are feelings that you express easily. Number two, identify a few feelings that you find difficult to express or allow. Once you have your list, I want you to move towards identifying the story you have about the feelings themselves. You can do this for the feelings you allow easily or those you find more challenging, as both will provide useful information. And you could even make comparisons and so on. It's great information, great data for yourself. So number one in identifying your story. What do I make it mean about myself that I am experiencing this feeling? Number two, what do I think of others who express this feeling outwardly, like in society? Number three, what were you told about these feelings? Maybe it's that some of them are okay in certain situations. Some of them are only okay within the household, etc. Whatever you find, it's not a problem, it's information. From here, you can decide if you are okay with that story, if there's anything you want to question or simply decide differently about, it's all up to you. And I want to help you get past those stories because once you know that you can feel any emotion and be okay, there's a shift that happens. And I want that for you. It's a deeper trust and intimacy with yourself. And that brings you into your power. To that end, I've got a few things in the works for you, dear Enneagram Ones. And I so hope that you'll take me up on them. If you want a first look at the topic from the perspective of last week's podcast, episode six, The Urge to Improve is Real. Remember urgency being an emotion. So that's what we're looking at again, feelings from the perspective of the urge. Then I want to remind you of the workshop coming up this 
Thursday, February 17th. If you're listening to this podcast when it comes out, then you still have time to sign up, attend live, get the workbook, replay, all of it. Now, please don't worry if you're listening to this episode after the workshop, because I have got something else for you and you won't have to wait long for this. February 28th is the day that I am opening the doors to the new Facebook group for the Enneagram One Project. It's going to be the place to discuss any of the episode topics, get extra trainings, and even coaching from me if you want it. And I am kicking the doors wide open with a four-day event with amazing giveaways you won't want to miss. The four-day event is all about how to feel your feelings, how to allow them and process them using your body. You'll want to get on my email list to get the notification as soon as the doors open so that you don't miss the beginning of the four-day event. Like all good events, it will end with a giveaway, four free one-on-one private coaching sessions with me for one lucky participant. Full details on how to be eligible will be sent via email and, of course, in the Facebook group itself. To sign up for the upcoming workshop or the newsletter, you want to be on my email list. Simply go to dominicvandal.com slash links. You'll find a link specifically to the workshop and one to the newsletter. Why not do both? Can't wait to see you at the workshop and in the Facebook group. Love to each and every one. Thank you so much for listening to the Enneagram One Project podcast, your go-to podcast for all things one. Now, if you're wanting to integrate what you're learning here and be supported by your very own personal Enneagram One Life Coach, then I invite you to head over to my website, dominicvandal.com, D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-V-A-N-D-A-L. Look at the very top of the page for the Work With Me tab. I'd love to be the one in your corner helping you to navigate your oneness. Let's make it your superpower. 